1: That's shopify.com slash special offer.
3: The
0: Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items.
4: Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction
0: to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. (laughs)
5: Presented by Surly Brewing Company.
4: This is the most fan-friendly, interactive, and today therapeutic show in all of Minnesota sports. This is Vikings Ventline on Purple Daily. The Purple Daily YouTube channel, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and our executive producer, Declan Goff. I'll get through some of the formalities here, and then we can give our quick take on a Vikings loss, and then turn the show over to Vikings fans for the next hour plus. The show is presented by our friends over at Surly Brewing Company and TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. TVs, which for me, on the TCL TV I was watching, clearly showed Justin Jefferson stayed inbounds on that. which should have been a touchdown catch. Um, wound up not really mattering. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. If you'd like to get on the show, please send a request to Vikings Ventline at gmail.com. We'll try to get to as many people as possible. Please keep it clean. I know it's going to be hard today because Ed Donatello's defense will probably make some people uh, get up in their feelings. But, um, yeah, Judd, a shout-out to our friends at Surly for helping us cope with the third Vikings oh, loss of the, ceiling, of the season. the
0: say most
1: definitely now ordinarily of course the beer of choice for all vikings fans when it comes to our our folks at surly is before i die but you know what they've got a great roster of beers and there's no question about it today is a day for furious because one it's strong so you're going to feel good and two uh if this if this loss didn't aggravate you to no end you are a very patient sort so Surly Brewing has the answer for every day of the week ordinarily before I die today. I'd suggest a furious. All
4: right, Mike, my just high level take on this game is it's sort of twofold. Number one, you're still very much in great shape to be the number two seed in the NFC. You're still very much in great shape to win the division here next weekend. So like from, from a, where is this season going perspective? Uh, did losing this game derail things? No, it really didn't. But the entire NFL world, from Vegas to national talking heads for weeks, has been calling this team frauds. And when and when sports books come out and collectively say, "We're actually going to put the line where our mouths are on this," and call a five-win Lions team a two-point favorite over a ten-win Vikings team. It validates the notion when you play like that today, when you give up 460 some odd yards and the Lions have a good offense. The Lions have been playing really, really well. That's a, that's a good legitimate playoff contending football team. Uh, but I think today only served to validate the notion that the Vikings are frauds, if you will. And we'll talk all about this. We will dissect this today and all week on purple daily, but that's Kevin. You had a chance to sort of throw it back in, in the faces of sports books and the faces of people calling you frauds and you have to eat it now and wait until Saturday to potentially clinch the division. So the defense was terrible. I mean, that's embarrassing. You can't have that. I
1: I know Harrison Smith didn't play, but first of all, these guys have been hemorrhaging yards for weeks now. So this was not new. Second of all, um, I third and long was like an automatic conversion. So, Donatel's defense right now, you know, where's the pressure? Where are the adjustments? But I'm going to tell you today where it concerns me is this. It was the recipe for a playoff loss, and that is adjustments to your team made your run game basically a complete non-factor. The Vikings had 22 yards on 17 rushes, a 1.3 average. Dalvin Cook, a fumble at the three which was incredibly costly that could have tied the score near the end of the first half 15 carries 23 yards a 1.5 average okay um the recipe against this team is exactly that stop the run force the defense to be out there quite a bit you expose them completely and here's the scary part about this Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson were magnificent. Justin Jefferson set a single-game receiving record that it stood since Sammy White did did it against these same Lions in 1976. So the point is, this is the blueprint. And if you can't run the football, I don't care how big of day Cousins has. I don't care how big of day Jefferson has. I don't care who, who the supporting cast of receivers are who might play pretty well because they actually did today. You are in a position where you are going to get beat. Some of this needs to be fixed. The run game cannot disappear. I don't know if if that's on partially Bradbury and Derrissaw not playing. I mean, It it probably is. It probably is. But you can't just have the run game become a non-factor and disappear. But, yes, this defense is a complete and utter mess far too frequently, and I don't see enough uh, attempts to fix things, and it's frustrating to watch.
4: It's the fifth consecutive game in which the Vikings have allowed four hundred total yards or more, the longest such stretch in Vikings history. So it's mm-hmm. yardage wise, I know Donatel said the other day or a week and a half ago, whatever it was, yards don't win or lose games. Mm-hmm. Well, process does, and you've been you've been playing with fire the whole season, and I think the idea has been, okay, yeah, you've you've been given a lot of leeway here because the team has found ways to pull wins out, but you can't keep letting teams run up and down the field like this on you. At some point, yards do lead to points. They do lead to losses. So for him to sort of spit in the face of bad defensive process, like, well, this is what happens. Dex, what's your sort of 30,000-foot take on what happened today?
6: Yeah, the defense stinks, and it's going to get gashed every week, basically, that that's what's happening. Um, And Jonathan Vilma pointed out uh, that if you're not getting turnovers – which the Vikings weren't able to do today, and I know the Vikings' offense is certainly playing a lot better football over these last seven weeks. Look, that they are a lot better than that one and six record they were at the start of the season. They're now in flirtation to potentially be the last wild card team to make the playoffs. But if you can't force turnovers, then the whole yards thing that Ed Donatel crutches to, well, then it's going to come back to bite you, man. Uh, if you can't get a pick, if you can't get a strip sack, if you can't get enough pressure in Jared Goff's face, then those 400 yards is going to lead to losses today. So. If, if you can't force turnovers, then this bend don't break and the 400 yards, and it doesn't matter. Yards don't matter at all. Um, it, it's not going to work out well for you.
4: Well, I think if you're ready, Declan, let's just turn the show over to what I'm guessing are frustrated Vikings fans here. Mm-hmm. If, you're, uh, if you're hanging out with us here, this is your third therapy session of the year because the Vikings only have three losses. It is free of charge. You can get into the therapy session by emailing us, vikingsventline at gmail.com. Uh, and click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel so we can keep spreading the word about this Vikings community that you guys are helping us build. So who do you want to start with, Declan? All
6: right, let, let's start with uh, Dylan out the gate here on Vikings Eventline. Dylan, what's up, man? What's up, Dylan?
7: What's going on, guys? Uh, long time listener. First time I've actually been able to get in the show, so I'm super excited to do this.
4: Welcome in, dude. Yeah.
7: Um. Well, uh, I guess I want to start with... Um, I guess sometimes I think that we forget how much Harrison actually does back there, because I mean I feel like there were times when a Caleb, uh, not a Caleb Evans, but um Cam Bynum looked just lost. You know, like we're just leaving people wide open, running forty yards down the field. It's kind of crazy sometimes. Um, and then uh, you know I think also um it's weird how like our defense and offense seems to be like working opposite of each other sometimes, like our defense will have like a good stretch where we're getting three and outs, we're getting stops and we're, you know, making plays, but then the offense is going out there and one, two, three punt, one, two, three punt, you know, and then vice versa. When our offense kind of gets going, then we couldn't stop nothing, you know, if, if our lives depended on it. And, uh, you know, so I think that, you know, if we could ever kind of get that working together, we might uh, be able to take advantage of teams more. And then the last thing I guess I wanted to see what you guys thought. Isn't it kind of crazy that two hundred and twelve yards is our is our receiving record? Like with the receivers we've had here, with like Randy Moss and Diggs and Jake Reed and Rashad, like t- only two hundred and twelve yards. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Um, and then before I let you guys go, I just wanna say, Loki. Oh, say hello, Loki. Oh, oh, Loki, oh, Loki.
4: Loki. Loki. Good right? dog. Good dog. <laughs> so
7: it on the show. Thank, thank you guys. Love what you guys do every day and uh, look forward to listening to more.
4: Thanks. Thank you, Dylan, thank man. You. We we appreciate it. Yeah. And by the way, we are suckers for if you just, if, if the Vikings just pissed you off so much, you just want to put your dog on the show, mm-hmm. we're fine with that. A good, a good distraction. Uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson broke the in some garbage time. I get Vikings don't play a lot of garbage time these days, but. Um, yeah, he broke the single game receiving yards record. Oh, you get 200 yards in a game—that's a lot of
5: pretty yards. Pretty good, a pretty good game. I don't
4: mm-hmm. think that, that doesn't happen on a regular basis. Am I surprised that Moss didn't have like 270 or something? Oh, maybe. Uh, who's next on Vikings vent line decks?
6: All right, well, let's go to Paul next now on Vikings vent line. Paul, what's going on,
8: man? Hey guys, how you doing? What's up, Paul? Huh? Hey. So first of all, uh, you have to meet Riley the Wonder Dog.
9: Oh, wow, Riley! <laughs> oh, a, yeah. That is a well-groomed. Right there, right there. That is oh, a big tired. yawn. He's,
8: he's a tired, but, uh, <laughs> but hey, I'm a I'm a lifelong Vikings fan, and uh, I got my Alan Page jersey on because back when I was a kid, that was that was in the in the vogue, you know. Uh, and uh, two two quick hot takes I wanted to make. Um, first of all, I just remember from even sports in high school, we learned that. Anytime on defense, if you do what the opposing, if you ask the opposing team, hey, what would you like the defense to do? And you do that, it's the wrong call. <laughs> and it seems like all day, all these quarterbacks from inexperienced quarterbacks uh, from the Patriots, the Jets, uh, you know, even today with Golf, they're just able to stand back there and throw, throw, throw. We get no pressure, and the and the guys are wide open. So the thing is, is that whatever you got to do change that up. And I realized that may be personnel issues and so forth, but you can't just constantly just not put on more blitz pressure or not change up coverage to do something different because all day you could see for Goff, it was like the defense wasn't even on the field and he never looked uncomfortable at all. So number one, that's that's the first thing is, you know, even if you're, even if you know you're mismatched, you have to try to put on pressure to do something. Um, and the second take I wanted to make was, I know uh, I totally agree with everything you guys say about uh, I'm not a Kirk crusader I, I'm very much into the let's stay realistic with everything. Um And the one thing I think though for this year is that I remember when I when I learned how to change my golf swing when I when I went to a pro and they I couldn't compare my new game with my old game because my swing was different. And I kind of see that with cousins as I look at this year you have to forget the past because this year they're saying, you know, all that stuff you did in the years past, you dunk it down, and that's gone. <laughs> You're going to be making throws you don't want to make, all of that kind of stuff. And so every time we talk about stats, and we, and I agree with you guys, let's just throw away the stats and say this is a, a new philosophy, a new Kirk that they're trying to build. And I realize they throw in some some old plays, you know, to kind of help them out here and there. But in general, you know, this is a whole new offense. And and to be honest, I'd much rather go down swinging like they did. Today than before, where you kind of just play it easy and, and, and check it down all the time. So that's all yeah. I have for you.
4: Great stuff, Paul. Thank you, Paul. And uh, I believe it was Riley, the well groomed pooch here on Pupple, Pupple Daily, Pupple as Daily. Benjamin says in the YouTube comment section. <laughs> I yeah, that. I think on, on the defensive side, it just kind of feels like they've just been reacting all season. They're, they're very rarely, I mean, they're getting tr- some turnovers here and there, but they're very rarely bringing the fight to an opposing team's passing game they're just sort of sitting back and hoping to well maybe we can just prevent some big plays and keep everything in front of us well you're not doing that either so what what would they have to lose and just to you know just to bring some metrics in here statistically the vikings are one of the uh least blitzing teams they have one of the lowest blitz rates in the NFL so what do they have to lose at this point well if we send more blitzers if we blitz more often we're susceptible to big plays over the top well, <laughs> uh, that's already happening right now. So what, what do they have
1: to lose? What's weird about it is, it feels like they do adjust at times, and then they go away from the adjustments. That's what I don't get. Like there are certain things that have worked a little bit. This is This defense is not going to be perfect, all right? I get that. It's not going to turn in into this steel curtain defense, but it feels like, starting with that dolphin's game down did some things to adjust, and you're like, okay, makes sense. First half today did some things, but then they abandoned them. And I, I that's what I'm confused about, about the why. I'd love to know the why. Um, I understand your personnel is not perfect. I totally get that. Harrison Smith's out. That's bad. I get that. All of that being said, today's not acceptable. And with Smith playing, to go back to the stat that you gave out at the start of the show, Phil, it's not like today they, they went from allowing 208 yards a game to, oh, my God, he's out, and now it's 400-plus, right? Mm-hmm um all i know is today the lions basically put on tape the formula to beat the vikings in the playoffs and if teams can replicate that the vikings are going to have to make some adjustments offensively and defensively back and uh, special teams i think had its worst game
4: well time. the eagles and the cowboys also put that blueprint out so now mm-hmm. it's out it's out three different times no but i'm season. saying like a
1: first no i'm saying like a first round loss like like when i'm saying if you play the washington commanders in the first round the blueprint. I don't think the Commanders can replicate probably well, a lot of things the Cowboys do or Philly does, but I think Detroit showed you how how you could potentially lose a first round game.
4: You could argue that the Commanders also put the blueprint out about two months ago, and the Vikings just came back and scored ten unanswered points in the second half of the fourth quarter. I mean, the the Commanders had a seventeen to seven lead about halfway through the fourth quarter, so like the blueprints out there the vikings defense is going to give up yards and points and the offense is going to stall for a while and so we've we've kind of seen the same game 12 different times it feels like this year and if they don't get the key turnover or if in this case if they they run an ill-advised jump pass and they don't get points well, in yeah. the in the deep the red bad? area
1: it was a bad like call. dude
4: i hate being Play calling second guess guy, but are you seriously running a jump pass on first down in that situation?
1: Dalvin, the gears were grinding the entire time, too. Mm -hmm. He never had, like, it was clear from the second that ball was in Cook's hands that he was uncomfortable with the entire thing. Yeah.
4: It was bad. It was bad. Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Vant line on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. All
6: right. Let's go to Austin next year on Vikings Vant line. Austin, what's up, pal?
2: Hey, how are you guys doing? What's up, dude? Hey, man, been a long time listener out here in California, so it's not really Viking friendly and everything like that. But um, just, you know, headed into the game. For one, I don't think that KOC should be free of blame on, on any of this. The, the offense looked flat. The reasoning for going for that two pointer, I get you want to be aggressive, but then there was also that decision to where you had that fourth and one coming up and you just had a great punt where you have, honestly, one of our better players in Ryan Wright who put them in a bad position and now you're allowing them to start with field position in our territory. I get the aggressiveness, but it just, it, I, at the time it wasn't supposed to be there. Um, But later on in the game, just like it's been, like you guys have said, like all the listeners have said, like it's been obvious Donatel has cost this team numerous games and it, and I get that it's scheme, but there's also players and mindsets. At this point in time for defensively, Donatel needs to go, I wouldn't mind seeing Fangio come in, and honestly, there's only about three or four guys on the defense that I'm sitting over here thinking they'd be great to to have back next year as starters. And other than that, I mean, there there needs to be some sort of massive turnover to just sustain with the offense. If if you can hold a team under twenty, this team can win and can win a lot.
4: No, these are great points, man. Austin, thanks for coming on Vikings Vent Line. Judd, you we can. We, it might be a good week to have this conversation now that they you know, mm-hmm. finally actually tripped up and lost the game because of the defense, but you threw Brandon Staley's name out there as someone to, this is like reckless speculation for two months from now, but Brandon Staley's on the hot seat with the Chargers. He does come from the Fangio and Donatel tree, but he's also, he was the defensive coordinator for that Rams defense in 2020 that finished number one in points and yards. Helps mm-hmm. when you have Aaron Donald, obviously, mm-hmm. but But there are names like that to watch here. Yes, absolutely. And and keep in mind,
1: Dontell didn't get this job because he's good friends with KOC. He got this job because what Kevin wanted was for his team to practice against the Fangio defense because he's been told by smart football people it's the hardest one. It's got the most going for it right now. Um, And I mean, this is not it, right? So I guess my question is: is if Staley gets Fired by the Chargers, which I don't think is ridiculous because he's a defensive guy. Herbert, I think the perception is there that there's probably more if you get a KOC type to coach Herbert. So if Staley gets fired, he's good friends with KOC. It seems like that would be a perfect match. They're around the same age. Uh, Staley knows all of the tricks that I think Kevin thought Donatel knew. Um, I guess my other question is: Would you, with the opportunity that you have right now, would you consider a change to Petten? Not to necessarily uh, change the scheme, you wouldn't do that, but goes back to the lack of adjustments. Like, could Mike Patton look at things on film and adjust them? Because, I mean, that's the thing is, at some point in time, somebody has to step up here and be like, okay, I think I at least know how to plug the dike. And right now, yeah. no
4: one can do it. And you, you, and there's there's sort of two ways to look at this. There's the long term, which we're kind of talking about. Like Brandon Staley isn't going to help you in December or January. He would be an option to speculate on in February, March. You have a season to salvage now. Like you're right. gonna you're gonna win your division. You're you're I wouldn't say you're locked in completely to the two seed because San Francisco could still catch you. But it's you're basically competing with San Francisco for the two seed. Because keep in mind, the, the second-place team in the NFC East is going to be the five-seed, the way that the NFC playoff structure works. So you have a chance to play home games in January, and you have a chance to do some damage here if you can fix your defense. And to your Mike Pettin point, he has a better track record as a defensive coordinator in his career, especially if you go back to like those Jets days with Rex Ryan, mm-hmm. than Ed Donatel does. Now, neither one of them are going to, like Bill Belichick in the 80s with uh, you know those Giants defenses, but Mike Pettin has at least been the defensive coordinator for a handful of top 10 defenses in his career. Donatel has not. So if you feel like you have a guy that, you, now, who know we don't know what happens behind it. Maybe Pettin's been super hands-on with Donatel, and they're collaborating on this, and it's failing. That's the thing, That's the dynamic that we don't really know. But it is interesting that you have a guy in-house in Mike Pettin that has called defensive plays before. He's been a defensive coordinator for like nine years in the NFL, and he's just in, he's he's in your headquarters every day, helping every week. So yes. Uh, who's next on Vikings Vent Line? Right, let's go to Sam next on Vikings Vent
6: Line. Sam, what's up? on? Sam,
10: what's up? First off, just want to say congrats on the growing audience. I've um, been listening for a couple of years, haven't been able to make it into a vent line for about two seasons because you guys have had so many watching audience. So congrats on the growing group.
4: Thanks for coming in again, man. Appreciate it.
10: Um, don't really get much surly around here in the uh, southeastern Wisconsin, so I'll have to crack my local equivalent for this. <laughs> uh, and continuing the dog streak.
4: Oh, oh! <laughs> Very
10: tired of watching that game, and so he kind of passed out on the couch.
4: Oh, he's oh, slugging at done. him rolling Roger over, Roger Roger on my belly.
7: <laughs> um,
10: the uh, as a couch coordinator and an amateur at that, um. I just want to say that fake punt. I feel like it should be a pretty, like pretty big tell. If your blocking team has to huddle on a punt, like that should be a dead giveaway that something's about to go down and watching. I think it was Duke Shelley who was covering the gunner. He had a clear shot at it, watched it and then turned around at the worst possible moment. So that was, that was definitely hard to watch. And Kendricks. I, have kind of disagreed with a little bit of the takes of like Kendrick's has to go. He's a little old, but I thought, Oh, he's still good in coverage. When Panay Sewell can outrun you on a route. I think it's time to go.
4: I don't know what he, they showed the all 22 sort of the, the end zone view of that play. Okay. Panay Sewell lines up in a weird place for a guy who's 320 pounds, where he's on the left side in the slot. Nobody accounted for him. He runs, he runs a jet sweep motion. You had I forget I forget um, if it was Patrick Peterson over there, but Eric Kendricks is over there, and they literally just like let him run free into the open. Okay, so a guy is lined up in a weird spot. You might want to account for it. <laughs> and Kendricks seems to be the one, and who knows who is actually? I'm sure they they're not preparing for if the, you know the tackle lines up there. But yeah, Eric Kendricks ultimately was the guy that should have been guarding him. Yeah. And they don't have to make the formal announcement, like, you know, when they're on the goal line, like, Hey,
6: number 57 is eligible as a receiver that they didn't have to make that announcement. Cause Sewell was, was basically in a position where he was probably going to catch the ball. I found that part weird too, because no, usually they make have, that but, announcement,
1: yeah. right? I think there's a number he has to declare. Got it. I, I think you have to declare. Yes. But yeah, once he <laughs> went in motion, you might want to say to yourself, hmm, I wonder what trickery we're going to see here.
4: Yeah. And on <laughs> the Kendrick's, Kendrick's like, point. Yeah. I was looking this up to according to it just seems like the middle of the field is wide open all the time. Running backs are just like today. It was mostly a wide receiver game for the lions, but running backs tight ends, the middle of the field just generally is wide open. According to pro football focus among 85 qualified linebackers, Eric Kendricks ranks 72nd in coverage grade. Jordan Hicks ranks 62nd in coverage grade. And you can see it with the eye test. These guys are just constantly trailing now in the run game. Eric Hendricks is still really good for the most part, but some brutal stuff there today for sure, yeah. Sam. Yeah, but I'll
10: wrap it up quick and then get to the others. Um, wife and I have tickets for the Packer Vikings game in Lambeau on New Year's. She's a big Packer fan. So I'm hoping for not another one of these
4: games when I actually go see for once. So, yes, yeah. good Good luck on your uh, venture. I like your chances. <laughs> yeah, the Packers might be playing I like George your chances.
1: Lowe. I think they'll be checked but, uh, out by then. Yeah. We'll see. If they're not now.
4: Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings vet line on the purple daily YouTube channel.
6: All right, let's just go. He doesn't have a name. He just wants to be declared as where's the defense. So uh, where's the defense? You're up next.
11: I called in after the new Orleans game, but I keep it short because a lot of fans are going to talk about this. And you're going to talk about this on the rest of the podcast on Monday. Where is the pass rush? We have Z'Darrius Smith, who has been quiet the past few weeks after getting five sacks in two games against Arizona, and I believe I'm blanking on the other team. But we have two All-Pros who can't get to the quarterback. Quarterback's got all the time in the world to sit back there. Jarrett Effing Goff. Excuse the language. I said Effing. You're good. You're good. Um, Jarrett Effing Goff has all the time in the world to butcher us apart. And we're supposed to be this playoff team. But right now, after watching that, if we can't beat the Lions, clinch the division and keep up with the Eagles. We're not going to survive the first round, maybe even the first half of the first round with this looking that we have. So I know I was very optimistic a couple weeks ago, but after seeing today, I've never been in favor of firing someone right before playoffs. But for Ed, I think you need KOC. This is your first chance of leadership. You need the fire, Ed, and get the defense back before the playoffs start because right now this ain't working, whatever this is. It's so like we t- have Mike Zimmer back.
1: So today was bad, but don't sleep completely on Detroit. Like they're not uh, – it, it's not the old, if you can't win by 21, you suck. Um, But there were definitely things exposed again. And, yes, I do think the fact that the defense continues to struggle in areas that look like they should not be – that that hard i I mean the amount of third down completions like third and eight third and nine that goff had was ridiculous and and what frightened me about it is it was ridiculously easy like there was a series of third and nines that were just like bang 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 with no problem at all
11: if it was aaron Rodgers, tom brady i would understand those guys are hall of famers but when you have jared goff who's starting to come into his own a little bit i'll give him that credit but his one of his big weaknesses is what like her cousins once you get in his head by you know hitting him pressuring him sacking him he starts making key mistakes today he looked like he could have a cup of tea have a biscuit and then throw the football and, like nothing was there
4: dude this is great this is great stuff here anonymous where's the defense guy coming into vikings vent line just spitting facts great stuff here we're going we're going to give you the uh the obligatory <laughs> Round of applause here. Um, just real quick here. Because he, he mentioned firing him before the playoffs. Yep. Is, there, is there a greater than 0% chance the Vikings would make a move in some form? Would they? I don't think they're firing at Donatel in December. Would they take play calling and move it to Petten? Or, or are yeah. they just stuck here at this point? You've gone this far. It's Donatel's to sink or swim.
1: It would fly completely in the face of everything that KOC has done to fire Donatel right now. Uh, Like, he has done nothing. He didn't bench Ed Ingram. Like, he hasn't benched players that that at some point during the course of this season could be benched. So, I would be surprised. But could you shift play calling? The one thing I wonder about Ed, though, is, you know, Ed's press conferences, he's the one guy who's very unlike the rest of of Mm -hmm. this staff. He tries to downplay the bad oh yards against and and at times he goes yeah. after players you know k o c is all about accountability, starting with himself, he always includes himself, and I really haven't heard him sell out a player yet. he will say that that guy has to, to do this or that, but i want i just wonder the one thing about a possible uh, departure of Donatel is I wonder if k o c and the staff are tiring of what seemed to be if he's if he makes up the excuses behind the scenes that we he seemingly hear, that's the one thing that could rub a guy like Kevin
4: O'Connell really the wrong way. And, I, and, I, and this is just a guess because we're obviously not sitting there eavesdropping in on their coaches' meetings. It would be amazing to do that. But, but Mike, based on how KOC interacts with the public, interacts with players behind the scenes in the locker room footage that we see, based on things that we've heard, just having people in the organization that, that we all talk to, it seems like he's the type of guy that's not going to walk into a room and be like, "Ed, get it together or else!" Right? Like Mike Zimmer kind of had the, "Hey, we're doing this this week offense," and he and, and there was a thing between him and Norv Turner what six or seven years ago, and Norv said, "I'm sorry, you're trying to tell me how to do what now?" And it was he didn't he didn't go about it in a very tactful way. Mm-hmm. I think KOC is a very tactful communicator, mm-hmm. and so if he's going to Ed Donatel behind the scenes and saying, "Hey," Listen, man. Like, I'm not. This isn't a personal attack or anything. But how can we fix this? What what needs to be better? And if Ed is turning his attention to players instead of scheme, yes, that wouldn't seem to fit what Kevin O'Connell is building here, right? So, yeah, you're right. I mean, how many times has Kevin O'Connell got up to the podium and said, "I need to be better at this. I need to be better at calling plays. It's on me to do this. It's on me to get us better prepared." I don't know that we have heard as much of that from Donatel. He's the Maybe one it's guy. job preservation or something. Yeah, but I think it's going to rub this
1: staff the wrong way. Like, I I think if if he owned, owned it more, like, you can't say we're hemorrhaging yards, but it's not a big deal. You know, Ben, but don't break, but we don't break a lot. No. Well, you broke today, so I just, it feels like if they don't do something here to try and fix this, and I don't know if that's a change or if that is, to your point, Phil, a play-calling change, it feels like it's a really lost opportunity to say, but it, you know, it was year one, and we'll have plenty of more chances in this league.
4: I think when you have a chance, you got to pounce. Yep, and and you are still ten and three. Yep, you are still almost guaranteed a home playoff game. So this loss was not a death knell to what you're building here, but it is definitely you know there's some things to get right offensively too, and I think some of those will right themselves once Darisaw comes back. And, and Bradbury just told the media that. It was kind of his back kind of like freaked out on him before the game, but he feels like it'll be fine going forward. So you basically have a month now against the Colts, Giants, and then Bears, Packers, not to make your defense the 2,000 Ravens, but to get it to be passable in some form. Can you make quarterbacks uncomfortable in some way? And getting Harrison Smith back should help, but you were pretty terrible in the three previous weeks, four previous weeks with Harrison Smith. So. All right, Vikings Ventline, Purple Daily YouTube channel, Dex. All right, let's go next to uh, Brendan on
6: Vikings Ventline. Brendan, what's up, man?
12: Hey, hey, what's man? up, everybody? So, what's going on, man? <laughs> so being a Viking fan, this this doesn't surprise me, this loss. Because we never, when we have the, the chance to, to control our own destiny, we always drop the ball. This this reminds me of 2017 when we were on the run, and we had a chance to go after the number one seed, and we lost to Carolina. I never forget that. And this this will remind me of this. Cause I going into this game, I really felt like we was gonna lose. And the little things that was going in the game with the fumbling, the special teams, the uh secondary, I would it, it would nothing surprise me today. And with the three losses that we have on the season, none of them surprised me because they all fall into the same script that we all that always happens with the Vikings, the way that they lose. And with Donatale. I'm not the biggest fan, but also the, at the same time, the players that are just not are not playing like like we thought that it would be playing. Hunter is dis is disappearing every week. Uh, Smith, I, we haven't seen him in about three weeks. And then with Harrison being out, when we have so much immaturity, you know, with the young guys in the secondary, even with Harrison um, out there, he could at least limited some some of the big plays that we had. But Jared Goff looked like a, a Hall of Famer today, you know, against us. <laughs> and and we can't allow that no more. If we want to win the Super Bowl, that's the type of things that we just can't have.
4: Yeah. Great stuff, Brandon. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Bringing that passion. Let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Vent Line, Purple Daily YouTube channel.
6: All right. Let's go next to Tyler on Vikings Vent Line. Tyler, what's going on, man?
13: You know, a tough loss today, and I'm calling from the same couch that I called in after the draft, and I have to take a victory lap here. Uh, I said that the draft last year was a disaster, not for the players that we took, but the trades we made, uh, specifically giving two weapons to offenses in our division. We saw that today. I mean, Jameson Williams didn't do much, but... Uh, he did get his touchdown, so we'll see that for the rest of his career, and we'll have to uh, look back on the value we got in that trade and see was it worth it giving them Jameson Williams. Uh, my two main takes, uh, the jump pass is the worst uh, play call I, I think I've seen in, in recent memory, uh, especially with your defense giving up that many points uh, and that much yardage. You want to take off as much clock as you can, go into the go into half tied or if you run the ball three times at least down by four with the ball coming i think it was a just a buffoonish call and then my final take is i'm not the biggest fan of kevin o'connell not because of his coaching but because my wife has a crush on him um (laughs) but i love dan campbell but i think he's predictably unpredictable like when you saw the momentum turning you knew that they were going to like it felt like they were going to do something and they called the fake punt um and we even tried to call a fake punt earlier in the game, and you saw that uh, uh, Wright checked out of it. He was tapping his helmet before we punted the ball away. So we, we knew that some trickery was going to happen. And then third and six, uh, a first down you know, ends the game for you. You know that they're calling a pass play. It's it's Dan Campbell. He's going for the jugular. jugular. He's going for the kneecap. Um, you got You got to know a pass is coming. No one would have guessed it was going to Penn but You got to be prepared for that. It it just seemed like we weren't prepared for the insane man that is Dan Campbell. And then I've got to write that down touchdown for you guys. If uh, you'll allow it. Should we allow this Declan? Let's do it. Okay. This is Gus for you know, 99 yards to Bernard Berrien in a high leverage situation in the playoffs. Patrick Peterson is going to take a punt. He's going to receive a punt uh, where, when we need it, when we need the, uh, the momentum to shift. Uh, I feel like we're not going to put Jalen back there. We're going to put Pat Pete. He was the only one trying to block that kick at the end. He's, he's our highest uh, uh, energy guy, and he's got plenty of experience taking back punts. Wow.
4: I like this. So Write it, it would,
13: down. You like writing down? It would have down? to
4: be like Jalen Rager fumbles. He muffs one at some point, maybe early in the game.
13: I think it, tied late in the fourth. Jalen didn't do anything wrong. We just, we're looking for a spark play. And Pat Pete, I mean, his entire highlight tape early in his career wasn't interceptions. It was just punt return touchdowns. I feel like we're going to take our shot. We're going to take our Dan Campbell shot and throw uh, Pat Pete back there. Tyler. Call, this is a whole call, cool, man. This is old because
1: Pat Pete's an old cool. man now.
13: He's, he's an old man, he's but he, old he had man. that speed on the edge on the, uh, the I love try it. and block that field goal. Dude, he almost got there. Amazing.
4: All right, I'm Tyler, all right. thanks for coming on Ventline, taking your, your right that down swings. You know, I feel like we can't we can't let everyone make predictions, otherwise we'd right. have like a hundred a week. But special occasions if you have a home run prediction yeah. we might we may or may not allow it once in a while. Um let's keep it going here. Vikings Vent Line, Purple Daily YouTube channel.
6: Ian, what's up man? You're on Vikings Bent Line.
14: Not much. I'm a little more calmed down after, you know whatever that game was, but um I just I want think to, Ian's you know... got
4: some audio issues. Let's put him back in the green room there. It's a little bit uh prickly there we go okay that works Can
14: you hear me now
4: yep yes we got you yeah I had,
14: an, I had an airpod in so i thought that would be better but i've calmed down now i'm not as mad as i was um i think i guess listening to other viewers points on moving defensive calls to Petton, i wouldn't be opposed to it there's no way they bring donatel back next year i just i don't see that happening um and usually i'm one to blame kirk i'm gonna give him a Pat on the back. He was on fire. When he when he had clean protection, he was mm-hmm. nobody was gonna get to him. Yep. Great. Um I think weirdly enough, missing Bradbury is you know something I didn't expect to say this season. But um that was definitely put on display today. Uh same with Darisaw. Uh, I, I might go to the Vikings game this Saturday. And I don't I don't know. I, I think the next four games are very easily winnable, mm-hmm. but that defense needs to do something, especially daniel and zadarius because i i don't think i've heard daniel's name in a couple of weeks now is daniel being is daniel cooked
1: or is daniel not being used correctly that's because the, i see him make play still and i think that does not look like a cooked veteran
4: that's the that's the biggest and ian thank you for coming on man we appreciate you good stuff that's one of the biggest questions about everything with this defense is what percentage of it is eroding of players or age I mean, Hunter barely playing in the last two years versus scheme. And it's hard to, to parse some of that apart unless we would yeah. see Daniel Hunter in a different
1: scheme. Smith is definitely a victim of, of the knee injury. He sustained a few weeks back or a month and a half back. Now there's no question about that because prior to that, he was playing great and he's just flat out slow down Hunter. I can't decide because I still see him make plays and I'm like, Oh, that's a really nice play. Yeah. And, and like his pff grade has not gone off the deep end so he's not being judged to be a poor player uh i, I would think that if he was not making plays and, and was old or banged up badly that his pff grade would suffer so I, I mean i'm i'm leaning towards i'm just not sure that he's being schemed correctly which is a sin because i don't care what your your system is or, or your scheme is if you are not using a guy like neil hunter to his max that's a you problem and if you come back with but it's our system bleep your system
4: build it around generational exactly. talent yeah and exactly. i saw someone in the youtube comment section asked you know why doesn't why doesn't he just go back to being the in this scheme the third down lineman so you're going to have you're going to have your two your Dow and tomlinson your harrison phillips or whoever is rotating in why doesn't he just why can't he be the third guy instead of Wanam or whoever's filling that role why is he why does he have to stand and he's and sometimes they've got him in different places so it's not like he's just a stand-up outside linebacker but like that is his primary that is his primary usage in this scheme well the vikings don't have a ton of depth they don't have guys that you would just like put in at outside linebacker edge rusher so we're looking ahead six months now but once the draft rolls around if you could find an edge rusher that fits into this scheme if you want to keep playing this scheme could you do that and then put Daniel Hunter back where he's most comfortable actually on the defensive line itself with a hand in the in the dirt something Absolutely. to explore i don't know that you can do that this season cuz i don't know who comes in like who's going to if if he's going to be in that position who is going to stand up and play outside linebacker for you you might say Asamoah but that's not his responsibility either they're just they lack a lot of depth in that position group
1: Patrick Jones ne- needs to play more too Okay. I think he's actually really good. I I think he is, I think he's a great fit for what they are doing. And I think that when Patrick Jones gets opportunities, he flashes. I don't. I can see that. But like today, I didn't see him, and I don't know if if he got snaps and didn't do much or didn't get snaps. But after what we've seen occasionally, Patrick Jones to me is a future starter and should play more. Ed just he strikes me as a guy that's really in love with what Ed does.
4: Yeah. Well, to this point, he he has been. You know, Judd's a guy that sometimes can fall in love with what Judd does. But if that means going to Park Tavern, the official sports bar of the sports dad, you should fall in line.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. Park Tavern located off of Louisiana Avenue South in St. Louis Park. And I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity here. I'm going to give you a statistic, a number. In fact, it's 365. That is the number of days the Park Tavern is open. Yes, that means Christmas Eve. That means Christmas Day. New Year's Eve. So guess what? If you're saying to to yourself, the holidays, you know, spending time with family is great, but I'd like to get out. Where can I go? Where can I go? Well, Park Tavern is the the place. Uh, Bowling, open Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. In other words, if you're tired of being stuck at at home, if you've got a group that the family wants to get out and do something, Park Tavern is the place for you. 952-929-6810, if you uh, would like to make reservations or parktavern.net. Parktavern.net open every day of the year just for you.
4: Uh gentlemen, it's time now for a new segment here for the final few weeks of the regular season and the playoffs. It is time for the Kirk Cousins fact of the show here, okay? You like that. Ooh. You like that. And this is presented by our friends, the Crazy Canadians Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. So that's right. We have well, we have several different pockets uh, or regions of Cousins Crusaders on Purple Daily. Um, and uh, and a group reached out to us and asked if we could celebrate. And today wasn't so much fun for the Vikings, but Cousins lit the sky for 400 yards. It's been a fun season by and large, 10 and 3. And uh, the crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders reached out and said, hey, let's all come together here. You guys have been Cousins haters. You know, we've a bunch of people have been supporting him. Let's all come together and donate to Cousins Charity. And we said, you know what? That sounds like a fun idea. So KirkCousins.org, it's very easy to click the donate button. You can donate $5, 50 bucks, 500 whatever whatever you have in your heart to donate to KirkCousins.org. Um, and then mention in the comment when you donate, it's on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. Let's all come together for a good cause here. Um, A good idea by the crazy Cousins Crusaders of uh, the crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. Here's your fact. You like that? You like that? So Kirk threw for 425 yards, two touchdowns today. And it was all very much needed for the Vikings to try and stay in that game, come back in that game. Maybe a little garbage time toward the end if you thought they were going to. I mean, they were trying to come back and win, though. So you could classify it as no garbage time. Um, In terms of his career achievements, that is tied for the fourth most yards he's ever thrown in a game. It's tied for the most yards he's thrown for as a Viking. There was a game against Green Bay, one of the first games he played for the Vikings at Green Bay. It ended in a 29-29 tie. He threw for 425 on that day as well and four touchdowns. So There's your crazy Canadian Kirk Cousins like stack of, stat you of the day. Like Let's keep it I, rolling here. That's I will I say do.
1: this: you couldn't blame Kirk today. I sincerely no, say this: was, you can't blame Kirk. He and Jefferson were unbelievable.
4: Thought he made a business decision on that fumble by uh, Alvin. I love that. Other you, than that, I I understand. Don't it. try and make the tackle. I understand it.
1: He well, no, he did make the tackle. Right, no, don't don't go. Um, yes, don't go for the ball. Don't go to the ground and get crunched. Don't need that.
4: I I, I hear you, but he was the only one that was going to recover that fumble. And, I. Fine Once you. they picked it up, he's like, okay, well, someone's got to stop him yeah, from scoring yeah, your touchdown, he so
1: I'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> There were two guys in on it. You're
4: right. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Let's go to David next. David, what's up, man?
15: What's up, guys? How are you guys doing today besides the loss? Uh, Hanging in know, there. I know,
4: they're 10-3. Yeah. There's still some fun football games on the horizon. Today was not a death sentence.
15: Here's how I look at it. The Eagles lost to the Redskins. So, I mean, it's a divisional game. We Hard to go 6-0 every season. Um, I'm a little more upset with the fact that, you know, the whole fumble thing is kind of disappointing our defense. We know our defense is going to give up a lot of yards every week. We're missing guys. I just don't understand how last week when Cookie was running well, we abandoned the run. It kind of hurt us. And then this week, what did you say? He had 17 carry for 22 yards and we still were feeding him. It's like, okay, bro, like, it's not working. We're missing alignment. Maybe it's time to give up on that. Um, our defense got to step it up a little bit i'm not too worried about the loss i think it's just a learning example like you guys said we just got to make adjustments it's aggravating when they're doing the same thing every play especially when you go into the second half and they don't change anything and neither do we and it's just the same outcome um Tell's obviously not the answer but i think we're stuck with them i don't think they're going to do anything different it's just you're not going to make big changes like that when you're 10 and 3. it's just you're going to go down with it or it's going to flourish. I don't think it's going to flourish, but our offense has just got to step it up. I mean, if we don't fumble the ball right there, it's a whole different ball game for the rest of the game. So I don't think, it, like you said, it's not a death sentence. Hopefully the Niners lose today. It just gives us some space. We're not going to get that one seed anymore unless something crazy happens. But I think fans need to just cheer up. Nobody thought we were going to be 10-3 and 3 this year. We lost to the Lions. They're playing good ball. It's a divisional game on the road. It's not the end of the world. We at least kept in on it. But... Just got to adjust. That's the big thing is just don't do the same thing next week. It's not, we're going to lose. We know what the outcome's going to be.
4: Yep, exactly. Thank you for coming on Vikings Line and, and to those points about the defense, this is from Will Raggetts, uh, who writes about the Vikings for SI. Kevin O'Connell says the Vikings, this is a game press conference, KOC says the Vikings need to take a look at what they can do defensively to put their players in better positions. He mentions possibly being more aggressive and needing more pass rush.
1: No kidding, really? Interesting. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the party, pal.
4: He has thought this, I'm sure. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm he, sure he has. I'm... And he and he's. they've probably been working on some stuff that's failed, but this is the most frontal he's been talking about the defense, and I'm going to read this again, needing to put the players in better positions. Yes. I agree with that.
1: I agree with that completely. I, I mean, that's what – it hasn't worked all of the time, but you can tell that's his fundamental – um, his fundamental belief offensively which is his area of expertise right yeah like th- think about the adjustments he makes for kirk at, at times and guess what kirk thrived which is great for kirk um i also thought t- today they finally went to in a big way the screw it calls which was jefferson's covered right and they're like not really no he's not so, uh, and, and, Kirk was, and Kirk made throws that a year ago, there is no way on God's green earth Kirk makes those throws, but guess who caught those throws? Justin did. So, I'm, I'm not saying that the defense has the talent, but I am saying when there's nobody right now on defense playing well, that's a red flag, right?
4: Yeah, does like, it mean that they're all washed and trashed? Exactly.
1: Like, if it was just like Daniil or something, right? You'd be yeah. like, okay, this might be a problem. It felt to me like today everybody played poorly. Okay, that's why you prepare for games, and that's why coaches exist. So, yeah, I think O'Connell's right. And, and I mean, that's interesting because that's that's probably as hard as he's ever going to go on, on an employee, especially in season.
4: Yeah, very interesting. All right, who's next on Vikings Vent Line? Let's go to Q from D.C. Q, what's up, man? Hey, how are you guys doing today? What's up, Q? I can tell you what. This
16: game was lost because of stupidity. And I'm just going to kind of just go down the track of of numbers that I have here and just explain it to you guys. I love it. Q's list of Viking stupidity. Here we go. Uh, The first, trick play with backup center and left tackle. On first down in the red zone. That's a recipe for success. Two. The onside kick, which has about a 10% success rate, and you're down eight. It's completely stupid because if they gain five yards, it's a 57-yard field goal, which is makeable in today's game. Um, You kick the ball, uh, you have two timeouts, and two minutes and 50 seconds left. You play defense. Even though the defense has been horrible, it makes no sense to give them the ball in that position because a field goal is two scores and the game's over. Three, the two point conversion screen. I don't understand why we went for two there and somebody's going to say analytics, but it's completely um, it's just completely silly um, because you put all this pressure on your team for the remainder of the game. Uh, Four, I think you guys are going to love this play action without a run game and you're down 14 points. Um, A run game was completely terrible uh, today. Why are we in uh, the early fourth quarter still running play action? And if it's not for the genius um, of Justin Jefferson uh, that we're able to complete these passes, no linebackers were falling for the fake dive. um, (laughs) At the time, we're down 14 points. I'm going to flip it to defense real quick. Uh, Donatello uh, refusing to blitz against a guy that uh about three weeks ago was the thirty eight the thirty eight ranked quarterback in the NFL against the Bills. And lastly, we have everyone's favorites. Um it's, it's on third and short. Complete stupidity and that's why we've lost this game.
4: Amazing. cute love that love the list of stupidity from Q in DC. Can we touch on a couple things here real quick? How did you guys feel about the onside kick with 250 to go? I think they had three timeouts left, 250 to go. Yeah. You don't trust your defense. You're, it's like a 10%, like you said, chance of getting it. But they're basically saying, well, there's a very close to 0% chance we're going to get a stop. So let's, let's tack the 10% onto our chances here. What, what would you have done there?
1: Uh, with how that de- defense was playing, same thing. If you kick off, your defense it, I mean it hadn't given you at that point anything to say, you know what they're going to stop them now um, that, that was a vote of no confidence in Donatil and the, the defense. Um, I did not hate the two point call. I did not hate that at all, but you know I, what I did I hate didn't
4: either yeah,
1: but you know what I did yeah. hate this team look at look at their lack of success on screenplays, yeah, what was the play call? Yeah. That was weird. No, but but I mean, so two points, go for it. Awesome. Yes, I'm all for it.
4: Your kicker has missed several extra points. Uh what what was the play call? Also, okay, I know we're talking about two kind of train wreck plays in a, it's a small sample, the two-point conversion play and then the jump pass play. But all these jet sweep motions that were leading to points in the deep red and our two-point conversions early in the year are we, is it are, are the Vikings like the uh like the celebrities Good that point. only wear an outfit or a pair of shoes once. Good point. Oh, we've got a, we've got three gem plays. We already used them earlier this season, so now we need to come up with new things, like a jump pass and a weird bubble screen to Thielen. It's like, no, just keep running your jet sweeps to Jalen Rager and and uh, Justin Jefferson or fake jet sweeps and boom, a tight ends open. I just, Agreed. you know, keep it simple on the uh, the two point conversion thing. Well, real quick on the onside kick thing, I it's fifty fifty there. I mean. I was shocked that Dan Campbell kicked the field goal, forty-eight yard field goal. Once it got down, like way toward the end there, because there's twenty-two seconds left. Vikings have no timeouts. They need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. If you miss that field goal, and you already missed one earlier in the game, the Vikings now have the ball near midfield with a chance to maybe complete a chunk pass and then like take a lob into the end zone from the thirty-five or the forty. It's Still unlikely. And so I thought that 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 almost became a classic Dan Campbell idiot decision. If he punts. You can probably even like let the ball settle, run five more seconds off the clock. There's like 10 seconds left, and the Vikings right. need to go 90 yards or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two-point conversion, so, all right, don't kill the messenger here, but it bothers me when people look at that play and say, what are they doing? Kevin O'Connell's a moron. or something. It's like, no, this is now an analytically uh, sound decision, when, especially when you're on the road. When you're down by two touchdowns, down by 14 points, middle of third quarter late third quarter or later in the game when you score the first touchdown going for two points if you get it now you only need one more score potentially to win the game or if it gets into a back and forth your score with an extra point could win the game right yep Yep. if you miss it you're still down by a touchdown and now you know where you stand sort of the rest of the game mm-hmm. but where people go wrong here is well why don't you just kick a kick an, extra point and then score another touchdown kick an extra point and tie the game because your goal isn't to tie the game now okay cool you've tied the game now now they get the ball and they have been running roughshod over your defense so it was kind of a art it was a vote of no confidence in the defense again of let's get the extra let's get the two point get the extra point edge so that if we go ahead we can maybe do it with no time on the clock later on in the game it failed But but it wasn't just like him making a dumb decision. There was a lot of thought put into the thought process was right, I think. Definitely right. I I hated the play
1: call. You know you suck at screens. Yes. (laughs) Like why are you trying to fly in the face of a of a play that you proven you stink at, which needs to be cleaned up in the spring and summer, okay? But, and, wow, and you're also, right, you've
4: already given up on cleaning up the screen game in December, January. Oh,
1: God. I'm done. I'm done. I've never, <laughs> Phil, I have never seen a worse Viking screen game in my life. A it's team bad. that was once known, was once known with Burnsy as the coach and OC as the masters of the screen game, it's awful.
12: Well, also, part
4: of the problem is when you run screens to Thielen, he's got to take three yards backwards because that's his thing now, right? He can't get going. You're not wrong there, dude. You're not wrong. <laughs> he can't get going. He had an okay game today, but he's. Yeah. Uh, Imagine if you had—this is a whole other conversation too—if you had an explosive tag team partner receiver like a Jamison Williams or like somebody that you could just run down the field, take advantage of Jefferson being double covered on the other side. Uh, they ran a deep ball to Thielen; it got batted away because it's hard for him to create separation I, on routes that are thirty, forty yards down the field. You know,
1: I hated that play call to him.
4: It's yeah, it's hard. He doesn't get separation that far call. down the field. All right, Vikings Vent Line. We're about an hour in here. It's a therapy session for you guys. So lay it on us. Who's next?
6: All right, let's go to Christian next on Vikings Vent Line. What's up, Christian?
17: Hey, boys. How are you? Hey, man. I was – Phil, I don't know if you remember this. I was on after the Dallas game, and I mentioned we should have kicked off that game instead of receiving the kickoff, and you mentioned it later in the week. So I thought it was funny just bringing that up really quick. Um, I have three points really quick. First one, imagine if Justin Jefferson played against our defense. How many yards does he get? (laughs)
2: That's
4: a good point. Does he get more than the (laughs) 223 that he got today? He
17: gets like 7,000. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Secondly, in the offseason, pay that man. Whatever he wants, pay him now. Pay him, pay him, pay him. Guy is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And lastly, um, the defense. Ed Donatel, he's not going anywhere. We know it. The Vikings might win one playoff game this year, and that's okay under KOC's first year. I'm okay with that. Fix the defense. Kirk, O chains for next, uh, next year, whole year. Then we'll see. That's all I got to say. You guys are awesome. Take care.
4: Christian, thank, thank you. you, man. Appreciate you coming in here to this therapy session. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Who's next on the couch? All right,
6: let's go to uh awesome next awesome what's up man are you in a golf cart right now like where are you no at? no
18: i'm actually at work i work at the uh, airport here in louisville so i just finished okay. with my shit and i decided to stay an extra couple minutes and it's the uh, only quiet place here at the uh at the louisville airport so no i stay away from golf carts and i'm gonna golf.
4: <laughs> nice all right well you, what did you see today
18: okay well i was mostly following from my phone and Legal streaming sites audio that were a couple seconds behind so I tried my best to stay off uh, uh, the internet which was uh, which was a little bit delayed but after listening to a couple of callers and listening to your guys' reasonings, I'm a little bit more tempered than I was coming into this. I was, uh, I guess, of course, just just straight off the loss, and you never want to lose to the Lions, right? And especially, I'm I'm going against the grain. I'm not a Dan Campbell fan at all. I just think he's a fake head coach, and the snarling and the the weird metaphors that he uses is just it, it, it screams guy that's never been a head coach before, but he thinks that that gets him over i i, I don't necessarily that's it that's it that's a whole nother debate but i just think offensively we we did look okay a lot of the times i thought mean, my god justin jefferson what can we say that has been said about that kid tj hawkinson it wasn't necessarily the huge tj hawkinson game but he racked up a lot of yards feeling had a touchdown kj osmore got in and got involved the offense for the most part did everything that they could to try to win this game just from a couple of hiccups on the play calling standpoint with uh, KOC on those short yarded situations to start off the game. Of course, at that fourth and one, uh, I don't know why, like Phil just said, I don't know why we kind of abandoned those uh, jet sweeps and uh, usually you kind of get KJ or Jefferson or hell even Rager uh, in those situations. And, and as Judd said earlier about the little, the, the, the Dalvin stutter step at the goal line, he just did not look comfortable and, and Dalvin probably should have just, held on it and just went down with it and just said, sorry, guys, I wasn't necessarily comfortable. But that's all, in my opinion, KOC growing pains, which I'm sure uh, he'll get used to. Now, on the defensive side, I'm just a little just a little upset just because all the veterans that we have on this team, uh, they, I was hoping that they would know a little bit better. This is the first time to actually have a T-shirt hat ceremony game uh, for the Vikings in a long time. And these guys know that, Pat P., Eric Kendricks, all these guys on that side of the ball know that. So this knowing what was at stake and they see that sort of defensive performance uh, is not necessarily good. Do we, need to, do we need to fire a defensive coordinator if 14 games in? Not necessarily sure. We could go ahead and make uh, uh, defensive adjustments of who's going to call the play but it, Vikings kind of got beat at their own game today. It, it was it was it was basically the Lions that were uh, taking advantage of the of the turnovers. At the, I mean, for for God's sakes, the Lions gave up 200 yards to receiver, and 400 yards of offense. But still, they had two turnovers and they had four sacks to ultimately uh, be opportunistic in this game. And that's something that the Vikings have been able to do. And they uh, they didn't get that at the end of the game. So I'm tempering my expectations a little bit. Sorry. I've rambling i'm just a little bit mad i get a little bit nervous sometimes
4: no it's I'm good you're so you're, cut, you're cutting a good promo here austin you're cutting oh, no, a good promo
18: I, oh i appreciate it and i want to say this hasn't been Official, Just because I've been sort of busy, but I want to especially state my claim in the Vikings Purple Daily cabinet just because I came on here as a uh, as a Cousins Crusader before I want to be the executive promotions officer of Cousins Crusaders of the Ohio Valley region here in Kentucky because there's a lot of Kentucky fans here in the, the Louisville Ohio Valley area strictly because of uh, Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago. You had that contingency of Louisville and Kentucky. But they've adopted uh, um, the Vikings, a, a large part of people down here with uh, the Bengals. Uh, so there, there's a huge Vikings following down here. And I'm leading the charge. As long as Kirk Cousins is our quarterback, he's my quarterback. But the second he goes somewhere else, and he's done. But I'm waving that flag here. We're going to be all right, guys. Only, We've only got three losses. That's right. That's right. This is football season. And guess what? We still have next week and we're still in firm control, guys. I love so, you. Thank you so much for everything.
4: Austin, here's what we need to do. So uh and for for other people to go to uh scorenorth.com. That's SKOR North.com slash cabinet. scorenorthcom slash cabinet. We actually have an application form you can send in through our website to be part of the purple daily leadership cabinet. Okay. Uh, we've already let, I don't know, like 75 members in over the past few weeks. We'll let another batch in early this week. So applications are open to join the Purple Daily Leadership Cabinet. That's right. We've got Judd Zolgad, our Chief Beverage Distribution Officer. Declan is our Clickbait Officer, and I am the CEO of Vikings Twitter. Mm. Who made you that? The, uh, the Vikings Maggie. Twitter Board of Directors. That's right. A uh-huh. Several That's right. months ago. Who yes. made you that? All right. Who's next on Ventline? All right, let's go to
6: Nate next. Nate, what's up, man?
4: Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, hey, first time on the show, so I'm pretty
19: pumped to be here. Nice. Um, so I, I guess I'll get right to it. Uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. I think a lot of the talk has been on defense, so maybe I'm nitpicking. Um, but, it, you know, going back to earlier in the season, we were trying to figure out, like, what's the identity of this team going to be? And I'm, I've i always thought the identity has to be offense, like the The defense right now is just, I mean, it's atrocious. Something needs to get fixed. But 23 points, I don't know if that's going to beat Detroit. Um, So there's just still that anemic quarter going on. Like second quarter was just quiet, quiet, nothing happening. Um, And some lack of execution. uh, Some rookie coaching mistakes today. I wrote down what I thought. I I know you talked about a few of them, but like in – a descending order, or most important to least important, the fourth and one going for it decision. I uh, wasn't feeling that because it's like, a, yeah, you could get it, but if you don't, you're putting your already weak defense in a really rough spot. Uh, the Delvin pass play, that yeah, obviously it would just turn out to be really rough. Uh, the two-point conversion, I know you guys had your, you know, you were talking about it. Got to get points. Got to get points. But again, the play call—like, what what are we doing there? Um, and then the onside kick—I thought we like that's the least important one. But I thought we could have had, it, we would have had a better chance of just putting them back and it going trying to stop them there. If they get the first down, it's over anyways. But at least giving ourselves a little better chance. But uh, so that's kind of my where I'm coming from is I, I I wish the offense would just be more consistent because um, I think if we're going to get anywhere, that's that's where we need to go this year. That's mm-hmm. week 13. We can see the defense getting better with Detroit, so maybe it'll happen with us. But uh, that's what I got. Thanks for letting me come on today.
4: Yeah, Nate, thanks for being a first timer here. Appreciate you listening, watching. You know, the defense is going to be the biggest discussion as it has been. But to Nate's point, the offense had seven points up until the 217 mark of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. At what point are they just going to score? twenty four why why can't they come out and just like score on their first five possessions or something? Can we see a game like that or they just blow the doors off someone they have thirty one points and it's you know almost end of the third quarter and the and they give the defense a chance to to play with a three score lead We may have seen game flow like that once or twice all year Packer's probably another game in there I'm missing Played like three, so that is a, a point yeah that is a valid yeah. point oh it's very
1: it's it's very fair. Uh, I think the issue what we saw t- uh, today, though, is with Darius out, Bradbury out. Uh, if you can't run, play action is done. Like you can do it, but it's not going to work. There, you're not going to suck the, those guys up. Sorry, and, uh,
4: that was a misclick.
1: And in fact, and in <laughs> fact, Jefferson's day today is probably made more remarkable. By the fact that the threat of the run was non-existent.
4: Well, could you say though that? I mean, I, we have to go see what the play-action stats are, I guess. But at the end of the day, they did throw for 425 yards on 41 attempts. So could this actually be a, an instance where just showing run 15, 17 times, even if you're just literally like the long the Vikings ran seven times today. Their but, long I mean, run was five yards.
1: But I mean, it's they the ran...
4: worst performance I can remember ever seeing. But did just committing to 17 runs lead to a couple big plays in that game?
1: I think the the issues that the Lions had in their secondary helped, and Jefferson was great. But, I mean, think about that. They ran seven times. When's the last time a Vikings team ran seven times in an entire football game? Is that right? Seven times?
4: They ran 17 times. Oh, okay. 7 That's what I'm saying. They ran 17 times. Seven times, okay. Did nothing but did running yeah. the ball 17 gotcha. times open up some play actions at some point? I don't know about that. But I, I just I feel
1: like it's it's going to be hard to pile on a team when your run game is as inefficient as the Vikings was.
4: Yeah, well at the end of the day like you got to be able to especially like in situations where you want to control the clock a little bit right. or if you do get a lead Right. You gotta be able to gain some yards or or you have these short yarded situations. Okay, it's fourth and one. We're gonna make a big stand and go for it here and wah wow. Now we're gonna run into the back of a backup center, and boom, two plays later they hit a home run ball for a touchdown. It's like and now you're playing from behind. Uh who's next on Vikings Metland? All
1: right. Bob, is that you? Oh, it is. Bob. No hot tub. No nothing.
12: No. All
0: right, well, I just want to go over the cheap wins first, and then I'll get to my main point. Cheap win number one. Game one, Packers had minus two offensive linemen, no Lazard. Rodgers throws a a touchdown, would-be touchdown pass. The rookie receiver, he drops it on like the first or second play, and he gave up. We beat Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, and the Bears. Skylar Thompson and a broken down Teddy Bridgewater. A Cardinals team that's in disarray. We beat the Patriots because they roughed the kicker and they had two crucial face mask penalties that cost them the game. Dan Campbell lost the first game against the Vikings because he goes for a 54 yard field goal, and his kicker never made one. Gave us second life. And uh, you yeah, know, I mean, just it's, it's statistically it was going in this game statistically the worst ten and two team ever in NFL history. And some of those things that I just talked about don't even show up in the stats. So I expected this because I'll tell you what, golf he could have won a Super Bowl if it had his receiver made a touchdown cast against the Patriots. That guy is a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And look, the defenses didn't get to him today because we can't get to quarterbacks because we you can't fix our defense. So our only chance, in my opinion, to win any kind of significant playoff game or even get to the Super Bowl is to establish the pass. Do not ever throw another screen pass. Kirk Cousins, please, because you can't. You never could, and you never will be able to. Proved it today. I mean, when was the last time when he actually threw a, a really good, successful screen pass that meant anything? I mean, we, yeah, we, we
4: need like it's it's been like a five year issue here. I feel like we need a pie chart of blame for why the Vikings can't execute screen passes.
0: They can't. You know, I mean, you can do dig routes. You can do rub routes. You can do slant routes. Sure. So he gets rid of the ball oh, quick. Wow. You know, why not do that? and tire the defense out that way a little bit, and then go deep to your deep receiver, Jefferson, or, you know. Look, I say establish the pass first and then the run. Defense is not fixable, and we're not going anywhere if we don't change things on offense, not defense. The defense is not fixable. I mean, we got destroyed by Dallas, Eagles, I mean, even Detroit today. I mean, we could not stop Detroit, and we're not going to stop any Good team with a big offensive line that's physical, especially on the road. I you know, I mean, the next four games are easy games coming up. If we win two out of four, maybe we'll get the second or third seed. We'll see. But, you know, it's just, it's just very disappointing.
4: The 49ers, by the way, Bob and company, are just absolutely destroying the Buccaneers with their third quarterback. Yeah. So, so they're knocking on the door. If they win that game, they're going to be a game behind you. But oh god! But there's still. I, I actually, I think the Vikings are going to bounce back and just destroy the Colts at home next week. There's oh there's still a chance. This is this sounds crazy. Everything Bob said is spot on in terms of like the advantage they've taken of backup quarterbacks on their schedule and the defense is terrible. But there's a still a really good chance the Vikings are the two seed. And then there's a really good chance that at some point the Cowboys would play the Eagles in Philadelphia in the playoffs and knock off the Eagles. So you could still play exclusively home games in the playoffs if you just hold off San Francisco. So something to consider. You may not have to go on the road. You may not have to. San Francisco scares me.
1: Here, there. Do you guys think that... Oh, wow. You just cut Bob off. Where, where'd Bob go? Well, oh,
6: my connection the, is give unstable. Me a, the, give me a second. Hold on. Oh, oh no. Oh, the, exe- it, oh, the executive
4: no. producers connect. He's blaming. Oh, he's blaming the scheme. Yep. He's blaming yep. the
1: connection. It, it's your connection. That's the problem. You did nothing <laughs> wrong. Your scheme works perfectly.
4: Bob, go ahead and finish. Finish your point. Mm-hmm.
0: Declan, Mackie, Judd, or anybody in the Ventline family. Does anybody think this defense is fixable? Anybody?
4: I think I, I think it, it has. We've seen the worst of it. I it think be, we've seen the worst of it. I don't know how good it can get.
1: It can be improved, Bob. It can be improved. There's there's mismanagement of certain players who have more to give. You, it, It's your job as a coach to find that. Daniil Hunter, do you really think he's this bad? Like, he's disappearing, but his grades are pretty good. So, like, the, you are not. The problem is stubbornness, in my opinion, with personnel that doesn't fit what you want to to do. And this is an old school. This is a children's problem circa 2006, West Coast. But guys didn't fit it and saying we're going to run this and it works. I have a kick ass offense was born from a guy trying to put in players into a scheme that they didn't that didn't work. So I think that this defense, it's not fixable, but it, it sure as hell should not be this bad. This was atrocious, and if this was a one-game Harrison Smith is out thing, I might say, okay, Harrison Smith, big-time missed. He was missed, but you can go through, and this has been going on for far too long, and there are adjustments at times, but there are not enough adjustments. It's time for Ed Donatel to do some work to at least give this thing a chance to improve
4: itself. And KOC is going to be more hands-on this week with the defense based on his postgame comments. And he's probably had to spend the first, you know, two or three months. It's his offense, first time play caller, all this stuff. So, Bob, you might be right. At the end of the day, it might this this ship might have just sailed. This is the defense we're gonna get. I think there is an adjustment to be made still, but how good can they be is the is the lingering question still.
0: Declan, I got a question for you.
4: Yes, sir. Do
0: you think if we devise a game plan to score Thirty-five or more points a game and win it that way. Mm-hmm. We, do you think we have a chance to win a Super Bowl? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I
4: agree with that. Oh, I agree yeah.
0: okay. with that. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we scored thirty-five or more?
4: Yeah, they don't. Yeah,
0: they really don't. don't. But they could. Not going in, they're not going anywhere if we don't. We're not yeah, going anywhere this
4: year. Bob, we love you. We'll definitely catch you again. Okay, as the season progresses, here Bob in Pennsylvania, one of the OG event line callers, going back to our old radio version of this. Gonna be all Let's right. Keep uh keep it going here. Who's next I, on vent
6: I don't think this is Ed Donatel, but this is Ed <laughs> next on uh, Vikings vent line. Holy Ed looks crap! Up, man. It's
4: Ed Donatel. I got from the
5: parking lot. It's 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 not the scheme, guys. It's not the scheme. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> nah, guys, giving Ed's bad name. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I came away from this game pretty okay. I think we finally got the cousins that we've been waiting for, you know, in, in a lot of respects. We he, was, he never really had those games where he was just, you know, balling. He was really throwing a lot of accurate passes. And if, if we get that guy going forward, this offense could really open up. This really could be a throw-first type of offense. KJ made some great catches. A lot of these guys are making contested catches, so just max protect and, and just give these guys chances to ball, you know, and then that'll open up Dalvin, you know, in the, in the creases and all that, you know, like, you know, cause they're going to, that'll thin out the defense. So I really think we got to throw first to open up the run. You know, that that's, that's definitely number one. Uh, the the defense, I, I completely agree with you guys. We just got to g- give the play con to someone else and just mix up the fronts. I mean, I don't see a lot of, they're not shifting any over-unders. They're just kind of keeping everything stable, rushing forward, and it's just not working. They're getting torched. So just send five. Change up the fronts. Put all the all the ends out there, you know, a couple plays. Put Zarius and, and Hunter on the same side at the same time, you know, to confuse guys. But, you know, it's all fixable. Every other NFC team that we're going to face, they've peaked. They're not getting any better. We can get exponentially better. So this team could and can win a Super Bowl. It's all going to fall to those guys, obviously. But don't give up yet, guys. Don't give up yet, fans. Not you guys, but the fans, you know, that are, are frustrated because, yeah, this team really can do it. That's all I Ed, got.
4: Great stuff, man. Thanks for coming on Vikings Vent Line. Keeping it hopeful and optimistic <laughs> for, for Vikings fans. Uh, Declan, who else we got?
6: All right, let's go to uh, Jonah next on Vikings Vent Line. Jonah, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How you doing?
3: Well,
15: good, so man. I
4: got,
3: I got a logic bomb here just for you.
4: Thank you. Wow. Here, I'll through Delicious.
3: Uh, this game was a difficult one to watch. Um, the defense, especially I saw at one point on a, a graphic on the Fox broadcast that said that the Vikings defense has allowed 400 plus yards in the last five games. That is not sustainable. If we want to go where we think we can go, we've got to clean things up on the defensive side of the ball. Um. I don't know if Ed Donatel's play calling, it it definitely has to change, but I don't know if we could keep Ed Donatel going into next year after just kind of the lackluster defense that's been going on this year. But obviously, I don't make those decisions. But yeah, kind of just wanted to know your guys' thoughts on the defense giving up 2000 yards of offense in the last five
5: weeks
4: yeah no jonah thank you for coming on thanks for supporting our partner surly well and this i guess this is a question off the last two callers here is or going back to bob in pennsylvania so the last three i think this is the worst of it i think there's ebbs and flows i think you reach a certain point it's kind of like you know all right, it's the this. I promise, I'm not transitioning into Olivia Reed here for you, Jeff. But like, you learn, you know, you you gain thirty pounds or something over the. But you get to a certain point where it's like, oh man, all right, now I need to start eating salads and working out because I've reached the point of just I feel uncomfortable now. That's the Vikings defense. I think I don't think I think now you're going to have like even more attention this week. Okay, Kevin O'Connell's going to be in the room more. Okay, do we need to take away play calling? Put it. I mean, there's things you can do. I don't think you're going to see this same horror show play out week after week, but I don't know how good it can get with this defensive coordinator and this scheme and some of these aging players. I think today was so
1: bad that you're probably right. They're going to have to have people above Ed Donatel address it, which could be good. Um, I guess my fear is this, though. Again, if you – not if. When you get in the playoffs and you play a San Francisco or you play a Dallas – do you have the wherewithal to scheme up a, a game plan that can stop guys like McCaffrey, Pollard, Debo, and Purdy? I don't yeah, and I don't yeah. Purdy, Iowa State Dude. zone, yeah, man. just it, that's great to see. That's great to see. But anyway, um, so yes, I don't think that this is going to be now an avalanche where like the Colts, Matt Ryan's going to come to town and really go off. I don't see that, but. It does leave questions about we're fairly late in the game now. How much can you fix? Because I don't agree with Bob. Like, I don't think that these guys all suck. I just don't. I'm sorry. I just, there, there's, there are guys on this de- defense, on, and I'm not saying that they're in their prime now, but they don't suck. Um. So I think that there is improvement to be made. And, of course, when you get to the playoffs, there's only one question. Can you win one game? You don't need to win it's not like it's not like you're in game 1 of 18. It's one of what potentially 4 or 5. So anyway, um I think if you get if O'Connell gets more involved this week and there is a a real step to try and stop the bleeding, that could at, at least help. Uh but I am curious when you play at the really upper echelon teams in the playoffs if that's going to be enough.
4: Mm-hmm. Don't know. That's fair. Uh, if you haven't already, if you could click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and the like button on this episode of this video, it'll help spread the word about this Vikings community you guys are helping us build here at Purple Daily and on Score North. Uh, Vikings Vent Line continuing here, Dex.
6: Yeah, a few more left. Let's go to Chris
4: now. Chris.
6: Oh, hello. What's up, man?
4: <laughs> hello, How's Chris. How's it
6: going, guys?
20: What's Good, happening? Can I just start off by shouting out my business? Everybody? Okay. Okay. So uh, I actually own Friar painting out in the Des Moines metro area. Um, If you guys need any painting done, just go ahead and hit me up. You'll see this logo. Beautiful little thing.
4: There you
12: go. Um, Cool
7: logo.
20: I also just want to say that uh, I came into this whole entire year basically um, having no expectations for the first time after dealing with Zimmer for the past eight years. Uh, Kevin O'Connell has been a humongous breath of fresh air. Um, So this is actually my dog, Salem. Hey Salem, Salem good
10: boy, he's a sweetie pie.
20: Um, but yeah, uh, I just also want to say, how the hell do the refs uh, go ahead and blow that call on Jefferson? Uh, oh, it yes. didn't step out of bounds. Like, yeah, wasn't even come on. It and then I guess it, it
4: technically it didn't cost the Vikings points, but it cost them time. It like might have cost minute. them. Yeah, <laughs> good
20: minute. I could have really exactly Salem. yes. Thing, was, like- this is uh, the dog, Bentley.
4: Oh, hey Bentley.
2: Oh, oh his, sorry. Uh,
20: they're all good dogs. But yeah, I was just. I watched that whole entire thing go down, and I was like, you know, I didn't expect us to really win, but mm, it really it hurt my soul watching another loss. But I still think that next week we'll probably clinch the division and everything. But man, that defense needs a lot of work. There was like no pressure today. I don't know. I I was we're here.
4: We're here for you, man. Yeah, we man. are here for you. Yep. we feel your pain. It. I, I, I listen you
20: guys it. every single day on my way to go do estimates and stuff, and I love you guys so much.
4: Thanks, Thanks. Chris. I think we're up to six dogs on the show too. Yeah, good counting dogs. Okay, referee nitpick. I know those guys, the, the bullets are flying. It's a million miles an hour. These athletes are all running four 340s and stuff, and, like, it's it's a hard job. But there are certain calls in sports, home plate umpire on a check swing. You don't have to call it. You can appeal down to the third base guy, right? Fumbles that may or may not be fumbles. You don't have to blow the play dead. Let it play out and then go back and uh, and untangle it if you need to. And that Jefferson play, okay, you thought he stepped out of bounds. Well, you clearly couldn't have been a hundred percent sure because you know he didn't step out of bounds. So just let it just let it go. Let him run to the end zone, score a touchdown, and then if a coach wants to challenge on the other side, okay. But to blow that play dead, and that I think people were wondering, well, why didn't KOC challenge? He couldn't. Right. They blew the they blew the play dead and one, right. f- so that I guess maybe you could have challenged that he would have gained like an extra couple yards, you know, until they played it. But he wouldn't have been given the touchdown Correct. on the challenge. And I don't know. I'd have to go back and see how much did it cost the Vikings time wise. But maybe it did cost them a chance to kick it deep at the end of the game and get a stop
1: or just get the call right.
4: Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But
1: but I but just. There, I've never understood to your point why they stop why they stop the game let touchdowns occur because the worst case is okay it's not it, like there's it's built in for exactly that to say oh yeah. we were wrong now we're dude. overturning it
4: yeah and 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 I get why truth, yeah. once you blow it dead everyone stops running so you yeah. can't then award the Vikings a touchdown because like well what if a Lions defender would have caught him what if he trips or something like I get it but dude be better dude. in that situation. All right, who's next? vikings
9: Melon. All right,
6: let's go to James in Hawaii. James, what's up, man? Uh, you're, you're muted on your end, James. You just got to unmute yourself, and then you'll... Then you're I was going to say, it's,
9: um, actually, it's just past lunch here because the game starts at 8 o'clock oh, in the sorry. morning out here. There you go. Um, I was looking at Donatel's uh, coaching history, and it reads like Mike Zimmer's of a lot of low-end uh, defensive positions up to a coordinator, back down to backs, and then he's been doing that for, what, 31 years? Yeah, it's time to go.
4: Yeah, he doesn't, uh, the resume is mostly like, he's a veteran coach who can help just sort of run the operation from day to day. He's not, he's not here to create a top five defense. That's what it feels yeah. like.
9: And that, and it's, see, you know, he's what a three, four coach, but this defense is still what, 80% a four, three team holdover. It, it right. comes down to like, you know, why force your system on a team that's not built around it. So. Yeah, that's basically all I had. Q, Q basically took all my points about the analytics stuff, um, <laughs> but I, I do work in analytics myself, so I understand why certain calls were made. But it, it's still sometimes you got to go with your gut feeling.
4: Yeah. No, James. Thanks for uh, for chiming in from from Hawaii. You know, it's this defensive thing with that Donatel. They hired him because he was a football lifer with a ton of experience who ran a defensive scheme that Kevin O'Connell likes and is used to, but they didn't hire the best. Vic Fangio is the one that was actually running the Broncos defense, right? Yes.
1: But it's weird because when before um, Donatelle met Fangio, he ran a 4-3. That's what's weird about this. He's not a lifer to this scheme. Mm-hmm. So you would think he'd be like, oh, yeah, when when I was with the Packers, we did this back in my 4-3 days that's what I don't get like is yeah. there some like stubbornness about you know the the fangio system works by the way Fangio now a consultant for the Eagles it came out because mm. I because ideal ideally what what you would do now is go get him off his couch and pay him handsomely to come in as a consultant yeah but he's already with uh, he's I, I guess been spending the year with with uh, Philadelphia, very hush-hush. It just got out in the last few months that he's working for them as a consultant. Well, and obviously, whatever he's doing works.
4: Philadelphia just, and the Giants have been kind of a, a fraud, too, this season. Yeah. But they the Giants are more frauds than the Vikings are. And the Eagles went and just destroyed them in New York today, 48-22. to 22. Yes. Dallas fell asleep at the wheel for a while against the Texans. Mm-hmm. They eventually pull out kind of a last-minute win, 27-23 in that one. And then the Niners are up 21 rip with five minutes left in the second quarter against the Buccaneers at home. So Niners likely to win.
6: We have uh, one or two left here, Dex? We have one left, I think. Vikes464, if you're still uh, hanging out there. There he is. What's up, man?
21: Hey, not too much. You guys got me all right? We
4: got you, man. Good.
21: All right. Um, so everybody's kind of already said what I had to had to say. Um, mainly, I just don't understand everything um, as far as the play calls. You know, like you guys said, uh, the uh, the two-point conversion. I don't think it was late enough to where, you know, why don't you just kick the extra point? Why are we throwing on first down? I don't, I don't fully understand it. I'm not a head coach in the NFL, so what are you gonna do? Um, I, I'm just, I'm not disappointed because we are 10 and 3. I'm just dumbfounded on the way, on the way we're doing things. I don't really get it, and. Uh Mackie, I love your guys' uh you and Boone together, but if you don't fire Ed Donatel on that segment, I'm gonna be sorely disappointed. Um
4: Might be a spoiler alert for uh for this Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday.
21: <laughs> but uh one last thing. Uh Kevin O'Connell's gotta gotta take the play call away from from Ed because he refuses to let our kicker kick anymore from 50 plus yards say you know what you're done you obviously can't call a play on the defensive side I'm not going to fire you because that's not what I'm about but you're done with play calls you can do it against the Jets the first half but when we're actually winning you're like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to not blitzing the quarterback anymore I just I don't understand it so I'll let you guys uh get off kind of talk about you're gonna talk about the rest of the time and uh thanks for having me
4: thanks for coming on man appreciate it a, a final therapy session there as we try to help you guys through only the third Vikings loss of the season. 10-3. and three. They're still 10-3. and three. All right, Still a month of tweaking to be done here. Mm-hmm. My gut instinct says the Colts are in for a buzzsaw on Saturday. I think the Vikings are going to fix a few things this week. They're a very prideful bunch that has come roaring back after losses this year, and the Colts seem to be Largely underprepared with Jeff Saturday coming in just randomly. Well, I don't know what decision. you're talking about. I mean, the guy
1: was uh, went from the studio to the the sideline. I'm sure he'll bring his team in completely prepared for a year in which they clearly don't care about the rest of the season.
4: Yeah. You might be yeah, right. Yeah, no. No. You might hopefully. be right. They might put up a lot of points, hopefully. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys here on this Vikings Vent Line episode? No, I think the I think we
1: did a good good job of uh, providing therapy and um, t- ten and three is fine. It's still a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, defensively, what we saw today and against Dallas now, I guess doesn't. I, I guess because of the Cowboys game, it doesn't shock me. Like the statistics, I, again, I keep saying this: this bend but don't break philosophy is not a sustainable one. Like it's not real. Uh you might get fortunate and not yeah. and not lose, but like there's no such thing as we gave up four hundred and fifty yards and we were had a perfect year. So I think that if you're a Vikings fan, take heart in, in the fact that you are gonna need to have confidence that this coaching staff can tweak things enough to fix it. And if that does not include Ed, then that does not include Ed.
8: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, Dex, any final thoughts from you today? Are you gonna are you gonna rage when we get off? Are you gonna shake that tree down behind you?
6: No, no, no the tree, the tree is set up. In fact, this entire just second bedroom uh, is just Christmas stuff, and my golf clubs and my snowboards, and so much crap is in this. And this little corner of the room is where my microphone and laptop and table fits. So uh, I'll spare you guys all of that. But um, but no, I'm I got I got a hot take for tomorrow. I already have it crafted. Um, so I already got that. So maybe a little bit of tweaking. It's just a little bit. I'm going to maybe make sure everything's uh, fine out there. But, yeah, I'm ready for a hot take tomorrow on Purple Daily.
4: Uh, Yep, tomorrow, Purple Daily, a a dissection, a day after dissection. We'll also give you Viking statements on on Mackie and Judd. And we appreciate you guys hanging with us through mostly the ups, but also the severe downs three times this season. Uh, Four more games left in the regular season and then at least a playoff game. Also, one last shout-out before the show is over. I just want to say uh, congratulations to Kenny Albert for calling his 300th career Vikings-Lions noon game today.
1: And now yes. I'm going to go call the Rangers game against the Penguins tonight. <laughs> is he still is he still yes. the Rangers play-by-play guy? Oh, dude, this guy's schedule is nuts.
6: Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: He does a lot of Knicks fill-in work. He does Rangers games on radio still. He does the, the TNT mm-hmm. hockey telecasts.
4: Yeah. No. He does like He's every great.
1: single sport that you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then every Singapore Lions man.
4: Vikings game since about 1999 going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know what? Come on Phil, beats Chris Myers, right?
4: Yeah, I don't want to dump on Chris Myers, but I will take I will all day Hold take Kenny me. Albert over Kenny. Chris Myers.
1: The ship has sailed there, Phil. You dumped on Chris like twice I should have, have said any season. more. I should have okay. said any okay. further. I was going to say, for, <laughs> for you to, to say, I would like, you know, I won't dump Curry on Chris. Albert
4: mode. here, live, another oh. Vikings-Lions football game. Come Jonathan on. Velma, Jonathan Velma, tell us how little you've studied this week. Oh, this By opening like your the, mouth.
6: This is the greatest turf, greatest show on turf. It's the same thing. He called that Lions offense the great, the best thing. It's the greatest show on turf. Yeah, and, uh, hey, that Lions offense. Let's is calm clicking, down a uh, little
4: bit. Maybe the Vikings defense should take some notes from Jonathan Vilma. How'd you guys do it in two thousand nine with the Saints? He's like, Well, oh, we had stacks of cash. Bounty. Bounty. Yeah, exactly right. Maybe that's what we need here. <laughs> Who are you gonna pay? Uh well, I would I would probably probably start with I'd probably start with uh, Smith. He's a hitman at this point. He's a mercenary. You're only you know here for like a year or two. Let's, let's like, cash in on this thing. Tape your hands up like clubs
1: and mm-hmm. just start that way, just with clubs. Just go in yeah, hitting people.
4: Put a couple paddles. Yeah, tape them underneath. All right. Uh, we'll be back at you tomorrow on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd. This has been another edition of Vikings Ventline, the most fan-friendly, interactive, and therapeutic show in all of Minnesota sports on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Phil, Judd, Dacklin. We'll see you guys tomorrow.